Greetings once again, fans, and welcome to this week's edition of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk here on CKCC Radio, your one podcasting channel for many podcasts, but this is one of them. We are Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. I am Chris O'Mealy, your commissioner, former ring announcer with the heel sunglasses, and joined by current heel. I don't know if he's got sunglasses on or not, but I guarantee you there are no pants. This is Dan Peck. No pants. I haven't worn sunglasses in a long time. <laughs> I gotta say, I haven't worn pants in a long time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out. I haven't gone outside since like two weeks before Rona shut everything down. So yeah, I probably haven't worn pants since I went and got my glasses. Do you at least exit the front door and go out in the yard at all, or? I've you... gone as far as the mailbox, like, three times. There you go. Do you, do you miss places, or are you pretty content where you are? I probably would have gone out maybe two or three times otherwise. There you go. No. During all this. Well... The fun thing about being essential is I'm always out. Uh, some of it's annoying, but at the same time, I, as as much of a homebody as I am, I have a feeling I would have gone crazy if I had gotten like the the full Florida quarantine, like some of them got. But, I mean, it's it's nice to. It's nice, I guess. I don't know, but. Wherever you guys are listening to this show, whether you're indoors, outdoors, at home, in your car, at work, on an airplane, on a train. Put your mask on and your earbuds in, brother. Maybe you're on a boat. I don't know where the hell you are. Oh, on a motherfucking boat. Uh, we thank you for continuing to tune in. Of course, you can listen to the show on Podbean, as well as iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CKCC Radio and get all the great content on our channel. There's Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks, two podcasts by Jeff Trelowitz. A new one comes out every week and he alternates which one he does. So one week you get the spooky stuff, the other week you get the music stuff. Next week is spooky, but the week after is the music and it's going to have a special guest. Oh, I think I know who it is. It me. You guys are going to talk about Boston, Boston? Yep, Boston by Boston. The debut, upon, the, the eponymous debut, as they say. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that because I have a feeling I know what's going to be number one, but maybe you'll, you'll throw a curveball. Let's ball. just say the first three tracks for your boy are <laughs> top three tracks, but which order is it? Ah, that's where the question comes in. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if you do like music, there's Jay Bunny's Music Hub with Jason Shin. Without new episodes to record, he will be continuing to put up the backlog. Now, of course, once we catch up on the backlog, then there might be a delay before you get new content because it'll be whenever he releases. But we've still got plenty of backlog to go because his new episodes are in the 40s and he only just gave me episode 17. So there's a decent amount of backlog content, over 20 episodes. Well, there's starting, people are starting to do shows now because one of the radio shows I do stuff for their guy is in a bunch of bands and they just did a show last weekend so we're starting to get some shows 
a lot of people are booking in New Zealand because New Zealand's COVID free. So a lot of bands are actually looking to go there, do their tours. So New Zealand's going to be the hot place to get music. And what happens the first Monday of every month, Dan? Well, we get a brand new motivational moves from Adrian Cotton. There was the one just this last week. That's right. And by the way, Mr. Cotton is now involved in the travel agency business. So when you book your next trip, that's the guy to go to. And Mr. Cotton has something in common with Mr. Trelowitz. Do you know what that is? I mean, actually, they have lots of things in common. <laughs> they're but both, they're both patrons. You could, you could go to a website where you probably bought something in the last three days. Probably. That's actually true for me. Uh, Type yeah. in their names and you will find a book. Actually, you will find two or more books written by them. Uh, Mr. Cotton has two books available. Mr. Trellowitz has six books available on Amazon. You guys can check that stuff out if you got looking for something to read. I just gave you like eight books right there. Or you can do what my wife did and get the new Twilight book. And read that. Mm. That's, a, that's a thing that's out now. So I've got to read an RPG book soon. <laughs> Are there vampires in it? No. It's you... Star Trek RPG. <laughs> I mean, I guess there could be a being of of people that live on this that sustain themselves upon the the plasma of others. I suppose, yeah, I suppose. I'm sure. Actually, I'm actually pretty sure there was an episode where there was a race that had to live on the the whatever that comes from blood. Uh, of course, there is the Race Nerd Podcast with Matt Hardman. For all of you race enthusiasts out there. Uh, just got a new episode just out right now because it's right on my phone right now. but waiting to be played. There you go. Uh, the Bored to Death binge cast with Jay, Chris, Zeke, and Sam, as well as others. But I included those names because they were in the last episode. Just doing some of that Gundam. Gundam goodness. And My Hero Academia. That was recent. So Actually, that was the newest episode was My Hero Academia. So... Yes, but they do they do all kinds of shows, not just anime, but they are kind of specializing in that right now, so. Um, there's a Stupid Sexy Podcast, Dan and I are reviewing every Simpsons ever, and Chris ranks the universe, which I might do something different other than the Taker stuff that I was talking about doing, but I got I actually have a plan for that. Um, there is one announcement about the channel. The uh, United We Fan podcast will be leaving our channel and flying solo. So it's like it's like the baby bird leaving the nest. I helped get Mark started with podcasting, and he got Brian involved, and now they've just they're going to go fly solo. Uh, but they want to remain partners with us, so I'm going to give them the uh, the shout out here and the best of luck, goodwill, and keep listening and supporting them. But there will be something coming to fill the void, and I'm going to well, I'm not going to say what it is just yet because. There's some details, some deets coming about that. But, the pie uh, crust is coming back. You're no. actually not that far off <laughs> with that little teaser. Uh, there is something coming to fill the gap there. So best of luck, boys. Keep in contact. I wish you the best in your future endeavors. Oh, Dan just future endeavored, you guys. All right, well, best of luck in your future endeavors. Thanks, Johnny. 
Dan, you you you, you didn't you had to bust out the Johnny laryngitis for that one. Yeah, I, I, or were I, you I, genuinely wishing them well in their future endeavors? <laughs> Maybe there was no Johnny A sarcasm necessary, but uh, I got some stuff. No, to they do about. a good show, and they seem like good guys. So they're anyway, they're they fine. They're fine, upstanding citizens who use their left and right turn indicators. They are fine young eggs. Fine young eggs. Oh, my. All right. But we got some I think rest- they're both, like, my age or close to it, but hey. <laughs> I believe they're both younger than me, so. Okay, so then they're not. <laughs> Should I do the rest of the show in my mask? No, please don't. My Ray Mysterio? No, it's just a... Oh well, if your if the mouth is exposed, then uh, go nope. for it. I guess. Mouth, mouth and mouth be the only thing that's covered. All right. Um. Yeah, there's gonna be something coming up on this week's show because uh, I watched Raw and Dynamite for the first time in a long time, and I will actually be reviewing them for you guys. Not like a full on review, cause but I am gonna talk about the the weird stuff that happened. And believe me, there was weird stuff. Uh, but first, Dan, you want to take us through some trivia? So last week's trivia question was, who was the first wrestler to win the ECW Triple Crown? That is to have been world champion, TV champion, and tag champion. And I, my yeah. guess was Shane Douglas, but... But he is not on that list. He was never TV champion. No, he was never tag team champion. Sorry. Your list is Taz, Sabu, and the first... Triple Crown Champion ECW, Mikey Whipwreck. Oh my god, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. Because what what ECW fan wasn't a fan of Mikey Whipwreck? Like, that was... He was one of the guys. He was the underdog story. He was... He was the everyman, in a way. That's awesome. Without looking it up, I actually didn't know that. That's awesome. Mikey Whipwreck. All right, what you got for this week? We're going to do some more Triple Crown stuff here. There is a wrestler that has been a Triple Crown winner in the Ring of Honor and in Impact. And in fact, the only wrestler to do it in both companies. Ooh. Uh, Samoja. So who is the only wrestler to Triple Crown in both ROH and Impact? Christopher Daniels. Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels. Uh, those are my two first guesses. Um, holy crap. Because you got to think of people who were in both companies, but also, like, did title stuff. Oh, crap. It could be, like, Eddie Kingston. Ooh, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, without looking it up, I don't know. So, All right, guys. So I watched Raw this week, and the reason why is because I heard about this Raw Underground. Yeah, Raw Underground. And I didn't know what it was, and I was like, I'm on the Twitter machine, right? And I'm seeing stuff from, like, our our boy Danny Risner and other people who are like, oh my god, what am I watching? This is a shit show. This is amazing. And I keep seeing all this other stuff just going all over the place. Like, Twitter was blowing up about this. Was it going all like... Uh... Vince McMahon Googling tweeted, when did my show turn into a goddamn Lucha Underground? And I was like, all right, that's it. You've officially piqued my interest. But, of course, if I'm going to get raw, I'm going to watch the whole damn thing. Or, oh. 
It's unscripted. It's it's raw. Yeah. Uncut. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, we're we're before going into this weekend, into the this week through the through last through, through last weekend was they're do they're taping two raws on Monday, and Vince McMahon has already turned down twenty eight ideas for the show. That sounds about right. <laughs> That's what I woke up to on Monday. <laughs> I was like, oh, joy. They're taping two episodes, six hours of television, and he's already turned down six hours of television worth of segments. Oh, my God. Yeah, so here's how some of this stuff... All right, so first things first, the show was littered with technical errors the whole time. Uh, I wasn't sure if any of that was part of the show or if it was building to something, but because Tom Phillips kept apologizing like crazy for it, but uh, then they kept saying there was bad weather in the area because I I know the hurricane passed through. And oh apparently... God, beware of dog! So like, yeah, it was it was just it was just ugly like with everything. Um, but to their credit, they at least tried to work that in, especially MVP. Uh, MVP is really good on the microphone. Apollo Cruz has terrible music now. And I don't know when MVP joined a stable with Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin, but they call themselves the Hurt Business, and that name is just fuck awful. Just call yourself Nation of Domination. Just, just do it. Yeah, Shel- Shelton. With it. Shelton Benjamin is the twenty four seven champion. <clears throat> MVP's got the new U.S. belt. Cruz has the the old one. And the whole idea behind this match is it's to crown the official champion. Uh, Paulo Cruz wins it. Nothing special, of course. Then there's the big beatdown and everything. So, whatever. Cruz has the new belt, and he's going to hang the old belt in his kid's bedroom. So that's a thing. Uh, MVP doesn't care about Cruz's wife or kids. Yeah, it's, and he's like, I want my rematch at SummerSlam. And he's freaking out about it. It's just, okay, cool. That's a thing that happened. Uh, the Golden Role Models, which is what Sasha and Bailey are calling themselves right now, are getting ready, and we got the so we get our first hint. It's a shadowy security guard outside Shane's office, and they're like, "Something is happening." It's the brainchild of Shane. We'll find out more later. And I'm like, "Okay, cool." Uh, Sarah Shriver, who I have no idea who she is because they don't ever say her name, and I don't remember everybody. Um, uh, it's a standard Sasha Bailey insult fest. And then uh, Asuka screams in Japanese and says revenge is very sweet. And Shayna Shayna Baszler's just like, hey, I want to have some chance that she just clocks Sasha right in the face. So I haven't been on TV in four months. Pretty much, yeah. So the Iconics approach Kevin Owens. They're like, hey, you're doing the KO show. You should have us on as guests. He's like, oh, well... I mean, that's cool, but I already have guests on. But here, have a water. It just hands up a bottle of water and walks off. So that that got a chuckle from me. Uh, he interviews Ruby Riot. She does a really big emotional speech to Liv Morgan saying that, like, we don't we don't get along, but we were so great as the as the Riot Squad, and I've got this tattoo, and I know you've got the tattoo. And you know, she, it's actually a decent promo. It's it feels pretty real and pretty raw, as you might say. But of course, here comes Billy and Peyton to interrupt, and 
Liv and Ruby get on the same page, and they beat the crap out of them, and they win the match. So there you go. It's the, uh, of course, the Iconics immediately do the double team, but it looks like Liv and Ruby have at least reformed the Riot Squad as a tag team. Mm. I'm Sarah sitting at home, pregnant. Pregnant, yeah. Probably Uh, putting up a deer (laughs) to make steaks, (laughs) make venison steaks. But this was actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good segment. So, Cruz accepts the challenge. Uh, And in in a decent segment here, uh, Drew and Orton sort of act like they're shooting on each other. I don't know if they, of course, were, or if it was a work thing. But Drew got pretty intense with the promo and went after Orton. Because Orton was like, you know what? All you're saying are all these things about me, but all you're doing is echoing crap that everybody else says. Why don't you say something original for once? And Drew's like, fine. You want me to shoot on you? Here you go. You're a prick. (laughs) And he's just like, basically, he says a couple of really downtrodden things. Like, you almost wonder if he was shooting or if he was just like, or if they were like, all right, we're going we're gonna to plan this beforehand, but lay into it. But either way, it was a good promo, and it was a good reminder that Drew is worthy of being the champ right now. Because he's a good worker, and he can definitely carry himself. While I still think he'd be a more effective heel champion, I do like what they're doing with him. And Orton's a good sway for him, because when push comes to shove, Orton is a good worker. Um, so... Nia Jax is out there with Pat Buck, their producer. And there's going to be some stuff going on there. And her hair looks awful. And her promo is awful. And she's just like, you know, whatever you want to say, you can apologize right now. Come on, you little ginger. You short little ginger. You just don't say it privately. We can do it right now. So he's just like, okay, yeah, you're indefinitely suspended without pay. And then uh, Nia Jax beats him up and the crowd boos and it's terrible and that's gonna really help her with her suspension pretty much yeah uh truth shows up with the 24 7 title and they're just like i don't know what's what's happening here but uh he supposedly shelton's still the champ we don't know what's happening and tozawa's out there with his ninjas and then they have a triple threat match but tozawa wins it so yeah okay all right so now let's get to what i came here for Shane McMahon is in a warehouse setting with a bunch of people. All There's a bunch of dancing girls, there's a referee, and there's two people that are basically having a Fight Club-style shoot match. Uh, there's a ring, but it has no ropes at all. Just a black cover. And so fucking blood sport. Basically. Blood sport. Basically. Shane's like, at 10 p.m., this is going to be Raw Underground. It's like, oh, okay, so it's... It's... It's basically a fight club, is what it is. Uh, You're not supposed to talk about it, and this guy's fucking broadcasting it in prime time. Uh, Dominic Mysterio is challenging Seth Rollins to a match at SummerSlam, so that's happening. Mm. Oh, boy. You want to know what else is happening that weekend? Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. I have a feeling that's going to be better. Probably a lot better. Uh, Banks and Baszler have a match 
that has no contest and Bailey gets involved. But then the only thing that's really funny is she's just like, you know what? Screw it. You want a piece of me? You got to go through Bailey. And Bailey's like, what? <laughs> so I thought that was kind this of part funny. of Raw Underground, or they just no. Went this back is just more. It, yeah, they go back to the ring. Apparently, we're not this there. Is so yet. dumb. So this this whole hour is going to be Raw Underground, except for all the parts that aren't. Yeah, there's a lot of crap on here. Angel Garza is hanging out with Demi Burnett from The Bachelor and gets her phone number. And then Andrade walks up with Zelina Vega, and they're just like, you don't belong here. And Vega's like, yeah, you guys need to deal with this. We have a match. All right, so here's a raw underground thing. Shane's at ringside. There's a bunch of men and women. He's hopping all about with this seven-foot guy. He says their names, but I don't really know what's happening. And he's like, wait till you see what we have next. So it's like, okay. So yeah, uh, there's women dancing, and they get mad at each other, and Shane's like, all right, well, whatever. All right, so Shane brings in Babatunde. Remember him? Remember Babatunde? His real name is Daba, Daba, or his ring name now is Daba Kato. And Shane's like, all right, here's the big man. He's seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. He doesn't say that, but some small guy challenges him, and Bobicato has a what looks like could have actually been a legitimate shoot fight and beats the crap out of him. So Shane's like, who wants next? Who wants next? And here comes some, some guy wearing jeans and gets the crap kicked out of him. So Shane's like, ah, oh, there you go. It's Congratulations on your impressive debut. So who's next? Raw Underground will be back. And I'm like, oh, God, is this all this is going to be? Uh, uh, Samoa Joe is totally into it, by the way. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, I like this. And yeah, Garza and Dawkins have a thing. Ford gets hurt. Uh, Bianca Belair does stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff that happens. It's weird. Um, <clears throat> so... Shane's got the tension between the dancers, and then all of a sudden, here's Eric from the Viking Raiders, and he just kills his opponent, does a big freaking German suplex and a knee, and basically basically kills him. And Shane's like, that was sick. And he's all happy about it. Uh, so Shane calls the fight with Eric, because Eric just kills the guy. And Eric and Ivar celebrate, and he's like, I wonder who's going to be next. And then there's more praising, and we're back... To more crap and yeah so this is basically what it is we're just going back and forth between the underground and the real shit and it's shot like lucha underground with the the massive camera cuts and everything so it's uh, i mean if that's what you're gonna go for here then we'll go for it there's a really annoying seth rollins segment <laughs> where he's screaming at tom phillips and he's, you're not unbiased and everything. And Samoa Joe steps up. But he's just like, you're going to talk shit to Tom. You got to go through me. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, you, you want a new voice of Raw? I'll, it's not going to happen. So Joe looks like he's going to get back in there and do some fighting with Seth Rollins. And that'll actually probably be pretty damn good. And then Dominic Mysterio comes out and hits some awkward-ass chair shots and kendo stick shots and and does a 619. And it looks like crap. Even but though he's like 619. Yeah, yeah it absolutely looks like crap. But 
Seth accepts the challenge, so there you go. Uh, Dolph Ziggler is in the underground thing now. And he's like, yeah, he wrestled at Kent State. So Ziggler makes a guy tap out, and then here comes the Hurt Business. And they're all in suits, full suits now. Shane hands MVP the mic. Lashley gets in the ring. And he's like, until further notice, the Hurt Business is controlling Raw Underground. Who wants to fight Lashley first? A random guy gets in and gets destroyed. And he's like, you're having too much fun. I want to do this. So then he destroys a guy. And Shelton destroys a guy. And then, uh... Dio Madden shows up and steps up. Shelton slams him, hits him with the knee. He's like, is there anybody else? And then they just start beating people up. Like, just they just start running through the crowd, just beating everybody up. And Shane's like, this is awesome. You proved your point, but you're welcome to hang around. That's how it goes on Raw Underground. Anything goes. So there you go. That's Raw. Uh, Raw itself is... Was, was, was it ended with Shane like laughing like <laughs> that's the way it goes yeah pretty much he's like anything goes here come back next week he's like excited about it as fans are getting beaten up by some black men well it wasn't fans it was the the, 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 the underground crowd so they knew what they were getting into there's no rules down there like yeah it's uh as uh as as Adrian Cotton pointed out, they accomplished their goal because we were talking about it, but I wasn't talking about it in a way that makes me... Like, they didn't get me to be like, I have to tune in and see more of this next week in a positive way. It's, I kind of want to watch the segment next week to see if it's still going to be a shit show. So, mission accomplished? But yeah. <sighs> Raw Underground, man. That's that's a thing. I don't know. I think it's got an appeal, but I might not have been the person they wanted to appeal to. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about it. I mean, it's a... Like I said, it's it's a thing that happened. Like, Let's go to Jay Sherman to see what he thinks. <laughs> it stinks. Like Raw is a whole stunk. Alright, um... Let me tell you guys what I watched on Dynamite this week. So, like, <clears throat> I've been kind of critical of Dynamite in the past, and my main criticism is that I was promised a sports-based wrestling alternative to Raw, and they're doing the exact same thing that Impact tried to do. They're just trying to be Raw. They, they do a bunch of goofy storylines, have matches that don't make sense, and I want an alternative. This was the perfect opportunity to be an alternative. My first issue is that uh, the former Revival is teaming with the Young Bucks. And they have, they had, or at least they had real life heat that they could have worked off of. And I don't know why they didn't go for that. That probably would have actually drawn some people. Instead, they're just all aligned. They're probably waiting until they can actually draw people. Yeah, I mean, that, I, that would be okay, but... They could still be building that. Uh, but yeah. Well, who knows how long you have to build it? <laughs> That's the thing, right? You can't really do anything big now because the payoff's going to be shit. True. Because even if we do get fans, there's going to be 
But you know, they could still build for a pay-per-view match Third. and sell pay-per-view. They could still do that. So, uh, but I yeah. wonder. I wonder if they make more money on a pay-per-view attendance than they do on actual buys. And with the way not, things are nowadays, I mean, if they build up a decent show that people want to see, I don't see why not. Like, I want to see. MJF versus Ambrose for the title. I want to see that. So I would pay to see that. But And I would pay for an FTR Young Bucks match because I know there's real life heat there and that would be intriguing. So I'm just saying, I think that that would be smart. Uh, but their 12-man tag match was an absolute clusterfuck. Although I don't necessarily put that on any of the competitors or even the company. It's a 12-man tag. Name me one 12-man tag that wasn't a clusterfuck in history. And by 12-man tag, you mean six-on-six? Six-on-six, yeah. FTR, Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and Omega against the Dark Order, or more specifically, Brody Lee, uh, Dark Order People, and Colt Cabana, (laughs) who I can't figure out if he's in it or not. So, uh, the Dark Order won it, although at least the parts with Cabana, Brody Lee... And Hangman Page were entertaining. Uh, The other stuff was not. So, apparently, Trent's mom is driving him and Chucky T to the shows now. So, that's a thing. And they show up in a minivan. So, again, that's a thing. Uh, Moxley does a really good promo. And they're building up for his match with Darby Allin tonight. And even though Darby Allin is the fifth contender, Moxley's giving him a shot because he, he likes the kid and wants to... Wants to give him this opportunity. And the best part is uh, the payoff with MJF. Because MJF is doing this whole thing where he's doing like a presidential campaign about getting him to that title shot. And he's doing all this stuff about Ambrose or Moxley. And then one of the the campaign people is like, but what if Darby Allin wins the title? And MJF just smiles and goes... You mean what happens if the 125-pound soaking wet emo kid wins the title and I have to face him? Oh, yeah. I'll be totally heartbroken if that happens. And he winks at the camera. And I started... I popped for that. Because I think MJF is a friggin' treasure in wrestling. He he is the perfect modern-day smarmy heel. He's very... uh, With all of his delivery, he reminds me of, like... Because he does, like, the eloquent stuff, like a Bockwinkle, but he does the the smarmy shit, like a Rick Rude. I think of him as, like, a better Miz, because, like, he's Miz what is the good Miz at should it, be. I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, he's what the Miz should be. He's the Miz with talent. That's what I call him. If Miz was actually a really good in-ring worker and actually made you like him or like to hate him instead of just hate him, hate him, yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. He, he can work like Dolph Ziggler, and he's got a Miz personality. Like, he's what those guys should have been. Because even, even Ziggler doesn't do heel as good as MJF. Ziggler, Ziggler's good. Like, if you actually combine Ziggler and Miz, I think you would get Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um, best friends win their match against Santana and Ortiz, but then they uh, they tag the van later. So That's his mom's van. Yes. 
Uh, Matt Hardy cuts a promo as Matt Hardy. He puts over Private Party and Sammy Guevara. And then Guevara shows up. And they beat the shit out of each other. So and he put him over. the chair at him and he catches him right on the button. <laughs> yeah, he bled. Yeah, it was like a real, real nasty hard way. Like, it's like... like you see as his heart is beating it come out more and more oh my it god it's bad. so bad it's it's yeah it's bad uh matt cardona and cody face the shitty dark order members alex reynolds and john silver who they have potential but are not really doing that much right now but it's more to just establish the fact that uh it's more basically to get matt cardona a match and establish that he's with cody um, so it, it's it's a good match for those guys, but he definitely still has like ZR shit on his tights. He probably didn't get like new trunks. Um, all right, the Super Wednesday debate is what I came here for. So here comes Bischoff making his first yeah, appearance on, up for a, on yeah on TNT in twenty years. Uh, so here comes Le Champion and freshly squeezed. So of course Cassidy walks out and. Jericho comes out in a full suit, and he's got uh, Hagar with him. And he's like, you know, I just want to thank Orange Cassidy for coming dressed for the occasion, because he's in his standard Orange Cassidy stuff. So he gets the first question, doesn't react. And Jericho's like, Bischoff, he doesn't speak because he's an idiot. <laughs> so then... <laughs> he does the... He asks him a question about... About the dangers of global warming and rising sea levels. And Orange Cassidy clears his throat, pulls the microphone right up to him. He goes, uh, well, polarized caps are melting and sea levels are rising at a rate of 1.8 inches per year. And that's going to affect coastal cities. And X amount of population in the world live in these coastal cities. It's going to affect living. And Jericho's jaw just drops. He does like the super intelligent explanation. And the crowd goes apeshit for it. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely worked. It was so friggin' funny. And Jericho's... It reminds me of, like, the trial of Eric Bischoff, where they bring in everybody, and then they bring in Maria. Oh, yeah, she does, like, a super smart answer, and it's and so she, funny. Like, breaks down why it's a hostile workplace with Eric Bischoff in charge. <laughs> it's so funny. And Jericho, there, he does another question he doesn't answer, and then finally, at the end, Jericho's like, you know what? This is gonna be the most important match of your career because you're facing me and Orange Cassidy goes no you know what this is the most important match of your career because if I beat you then everyone's going to talk about how you lost to a guy who puts his hands in his pockets and I popped for that too so that stuff was worth it uh, Big Swole and Reba have a shit match and then uh, Moxley and Darby Allen I thought actually had a really good title match with Moxley like kind of uh, with Moxley kind of uh, putting him over really well like although I think the problem with AEW booking as I've said from the beginning is that there's too much 50-50 in it and as good as the match was Darby Allen kicked out of way too many big spots that you probably should have saved for like a pay-per-view like he does this insane pile driver that looks like it should have killed him but Darby Allen kicked out of it. So. Was what it was. But 
Uh, so the show wasn't bad. Like I said, I don't think the show itself as a whole is bad. I just think that they're not... I don't think they're good at building people because they... It's too 50-50 and too much, uh, yeah, too, just too 50-50. I think that's the biggest problem. They're not building anybody up because every match, everybody work, wrestles evenly and every match goes 15 minutes. So they're not creating any, they're, they're not doing anything to create a new audience. They're just catering to the one they already have, which is a complaint of mine for the show as a whole. It's a but I valid for almost every wrestling company in the world right now. Yes, indeed. However, I will say that that was probably my favorite thing I've seen them do since the show started was that Jericho Cassidy debate. Like, I really liked that. That was very entertaining. Very fun. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I would recommend people go back and watch it. Just just look for the clip of Orange Cassidy answering the C-level question because I thought that alone was funny. And of course, thankfully, Arian Andrew is a free agent that was a one-off appearance, and thank God, because I think that would be the worst signing ever. Absolute terrible, terrible idea for a signing to get her. Um, wish, send some well wishes to Rich Swan, who unfortunately was forced to retire due to injuries. He has sustained too many injuries in his career, and that's going to force him into an early retirement. I, which I think is a shame because I think he was a really charismatic guy. I think he probably had years left where he could have still performed even at a high level if he had stayed healthy. So that's to I me, guess he couldn't handle this. Yeah, to me that's a that's an actual loss. Yeah, he couldn't handle this. Couldn't handle this. Oh, was this WWE music? Around? Too soon. I I remember it was funky music. I really All liked. <laughs> I really liked his theme, and I really liked uh, the one they gave Cedric Alexander. I thought those were really good, like original. Well, he gets to stay event. home and fuck Sue Young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really having a bad experience right now. <clears throat> um, the uh, the non wrestling-ish news stories are pretty big, so why don't you take us through the New Japan stuff now so we can focus on that stuff. Okay, so you remember like, we talked about that the never six-man champions were LIJ people, but it included evil? Yes. Well, apparently they vacated the titles, and they're having a tournament right now during their summer struggle tur- uh, tour, and so the first round has already happened. The se- semifinals are Tonight and the final is Saturday, so we will be having new Never Six Man Champions by the end of the weekend. Uh, I popped when I saw that Jado and Gato were reuniting. Jado and Gato together—that's yeah. friggin' awesome. Which meant they lost right away, of course. But still, <laughs> like that's still pretty cool that they they did that. Uh, yes. Uh, also, uh, remember we talked about that they were debuting a new thing called New NJPW Strong. Yes, strong stuff. Well, it's going to be a weekly show of U.S. talent that is in the U.S. Ah, okay. Uh, And it's going to be starting tonight, uh, this Friday, as yeah, tonight, Friday. uh, And it will be the New Japan Cup USA for a title shot at the U.S. champion, 
which is John Moxley. And I'm thinking maybe they'll probably get a deal with AEW so they can have Mox drop that title. That would make sense. I mean, that's good for like the uh, like the the young lions that were from the American Dojo. Yeah. So yeah, this, this tournament is like some young lions, and then there's like Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, and Kenta. Right. Right. People that are that live here are stuck. That's good though, because that's a good way to showcase them without worrying about the travel issues. I think that's the thing, because there's, there's been three young lions on the shows in Japan, because it's Yoda Suji, Yu Yuamura, and and actually the British guy uh, Gabriel Kidd has been over there. So, okay. Uh, so they've been on the Japan shows, but all the other guys have been in the U.S. You know that also might open up some some work for some other talent who might be looking to to do something. They might you might see somebody new show up too. So they're doing just like only an eight-man tournament for this thing. So it's going to be like the next couple of Fridays for That's that. That's fine. I guess they'll be doing other, other shows after that. That's a good way to do so, it, though. Yeah. I so like that. that. Uh, and those will be Friday U.S. time. So that's going to be you know, like a Friday night. Like maybe when we're done recording here, it'll be up on New Japan World. Wow. Interesting thing to do, especially since they have so much talent just stuck over here and they can't get over there yet. They still have – they've announced King of Pro Wrestling – but they haven't announced G1. I'm figuring they're probably going to wait for, like, October or something to see if they can get some outside people come in for that before they announce it, probably. Because mm. it would be a shame to do a G1 without Jay White or Kenta or, you know... I was actually going to ask, where is, Jay, where is Jay White during all this? I think he's in Australia. So he He's from New Zealand, but he's not in Japan. So he won't be on either of these, then. So he is, I think, stuck in Australia. I can look exactly who is in New Japan Cup, USA. It's only eight guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, While you're doing that, I'll talk about... uh, Suzuki actually went after Shingo in a match on Thursday. So do we now have a new Never Challenger? Uh, he grabs the belt after the match, too, so... You gotta think that's where they're going with that. And then, I like this story here. Taichi and Zack Sabre are trying to get Kota to turn on Tanahashi and join Suzuki-Goon. Yeah, so since they lost the tag titles to them, uh, him and Ta- Tanahashi and Kota have been not getting along. And they've been trying to be like, hey, you should... Don't do and they keep holding him with his arms out, and he's like, hey, hey... Why don't you grab his arms and do that knee thing you do? Do that knee thing that you do. Do that knee thing that you do, and then join Suzuki-Goon. And so they just keep doing that. Uh, Okay, so it's Carl Fredericks, who is not a young lion anymore. He got passed, like, early this year, right before Rona. Uh, He's facing Kenta. Jeff Cobb facing Tonga Loa. David Finley versus Chase. And Brody King versus Tama. So my guess is to watch Kenta win this tournament and then beat Moxley for a title. Probably. Be a good way to do it, though. And good news for Tanahashi. He was on a TV show with somebody that tested positive for the Rona. They social distance, and he had no positive tests, so. Yeah, so yeah, they, they, like, I woke up, logged on to see what was going on for the week, and it was like, Oh, uh, uh, health thing about Tanahashi. I'm like, what the? 
He was just he was on some like you know news show or whatever, and somebody that was on that show with him popped a posy, but they were distanced, so he's been tested, he's cleared, and he's wrestled. So, all right, so. The XFL, as we all know, recently filed for bankruptcy, and I think that's one of the biggest casualties that came out of COVID because the league had relaunched. It was actually doing really good. People were into it. It was popular. The games were actually entertaining this time around. So having that go out so quickly was a real shame, but a savior actually came along that I I wasn't expecting. If you smell! Yeah, basically, yeah. So, Dwayne Johnson, as we like to call him, but and uh, Redbird Capital. So, The Rock and Redbird Capital actually purchased the XFL out of bankruptcy. So For we, only 16 milli, bro. <laughs> hey, that's a bigger price tag than WCW got. It was like 2 million for WCW, wasn't it? 2.5, yeah. That was that was pennies upon pennies upon the dollar. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But that's a good sign because that means the XFL has in ways been saved because the brand still exists and now it's got somebody else behind it who has money and also knows football. Probably better than Vince, I'm going to guess. Miami back out. <laughs> yeah. So there's some hope for the XFL. So if you're an XFL guy... Uh, there's actually some hope there that you might get to continue seeing it. So good for The Rock for saving it. Of course, they're going to look for some a few new players because, as always, well, yeah. they really got to side with the NFL. Of course they did. Uh, and then we've got birth and death to discuss. Oh, damn. So I think we have twice as much birth to discuss than we do. Well, supposedly. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. So both Bella Twins had their babies. So congratulations to them. Both bouncing baby boys. They had them within 24 hours of each other. Of course they did. Over the weekend. Of course they did. So congrats Because they're twinsies. <laughs> and uh, story surfaced on Facebook of Marty Janetti supposedly talking about how he once killed a man and would do it again. And Marty Janetti has been a loose cannon weird pill for at least 20 years now. At least 20 years. Just going back to... Chris and I know a few stories. uh, Yeah, somebody I know personally is friends with Marty Jannetty, and I have seen the weird emails and listened to the weird voicemails that this person has gotten. Yes. And it's it's true. He's a wackadoodle. He's an absolute wackadoodle. So do I think he actually killed a guy? Uh, more than likely, he thinks he killed a guy. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't put it past him, but I'm saying more than likely, he thinks this actually happened and is a credible threat. And the po- local police are looking into it to see if there's any missing persons that meet any kind of description from that period of time. Because here's the thing. If you post on social media that you killed somebody... Odds are they're going to look into it. So, yeah. Rick killed a guy. (laughs) Laura Bush killed a guy. Oh, my God. Yes, so did Marty Jannetty kill someone? I don't know. 
I thought he still couldn't walk because I heard that from a sexy Kurt. <laughs> he made his ankle hurt. And that was 15, over 15 years ago, so I guess he yeah. got better. Good lord. All right. Anyway, we got a fun segment coming up here in just a moment, but quickly I want to give some shout outs to Glenn, Jeff, Jay, and Adrian for continuing their patronage and helping us to provide you with weekly entertainment here. Uh, if you guys do subscribe to our patron channel, starting at only five bucks a month, you get a bonus Wrestle Talk each and every week. On this week's show, we're going to review SummerSlam 2002, possibly the best SummerSlam in history. And I know some people point to Wembley Stadium. And while that had a fantastic main event, I'm not going to say overall it was a great SummerSlam, but this one was a very good top-to-bottom SummerSlam card, and we're going to talk about that in depth. And we do weekly watch-alongs for rap videos that Mr. Adrian Cotton provides. Of course, we'll have two samples coming up on the VIP show. So last week, we talked about the worst pro wrestling ring names in history. So I'm going to go grab the WrestleCraft book of lists so I can read you those that they've provided. Uh, while I grab the book real quick, Dan, what names came to mind as you were piling this list? Some of the worst gimmick names of all time? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, WrestleCraft Road- provides you with eight. Roadblock wins, LOL. <laughs> Roadblock. There you go. Ice Train. Ice Train. Uh, PN News. Okay. Uh, all pretty bad. Uh, Alright, here's what WrestleCrap... Oh, but just M.O. Mo. Just M.O. Alright, here's what WrestleCrap gave us. Test. Bowed up. Where it's like, okay, well, they're stand-up and jacked-up, and then there's bowed up? Uh, key... That was Vic Grimes' drug dealer gimmick. Where he looked like an ice cream man. Because he wore all white. The the Dingo Warrior. That's pre-ultimate Jim Helwig. Yep. Hugh Morris. Get it? Because he laughs. Mm-hmm. And then the Man of Question, which was also a Bill DeMott gimmick. And the top two they listed were... Henry O. Godwin, where they said we can't possibly think of a worse gimmick name, and then Phineas I. Godwin, where they said, and maybe we can. Because they're hog and pig, and they're pig farmers, get it? Exactly. All right, so I'm going to read off the uh, the gimmick names that you guys came up with in the uh, the Club Kayfabe. And by the way, guys, if you guys want to be part of Club Kayfabe, the home of true wrestling fans... All you gotta do is agree to the rules and join the club How about on the Facebook. Sparky Thurman plug. Because they so wanted to get STB, STP, they gave a guy two nicknames on either side of his first name. There you go. Exactly. So stupid. <laughs> Alright, so here's from uh from our friend Jeff Trellowitz. He put Just Incredible. No no. I think that's pretty bad. Uh, Dan Dahl, friend of the show, and also your uh, your leader in most points or consequences wins right now. Ooh. Well, he also said Thurman Sparky Plug, but he also p- posted Shorty G. <laughs> yeah, Shorty G's pretty bad. I mean, I'm okay with getting Chad Gable more TV time, but that's an awful gimmick name. 
Uh, Race Nerd podcast host Matt Hardman chimed in with The Good Father, Braden Walker, and The Booty Man. Yeah, those are pretty bad. Uh, Russell Wright suggested Berlin, to which Joe Mad Dog Needle responded with The Wall. Because you gotta love them neo-Nazi gimmicks. Uh, Randy Moyer with Mantar. Yep. But he was a man minotaur. Yeah. Uh, Chris Wright and Joe Mad Dog Needle chimed in with some misfits in action names, including Asia, General Hugh G. Rection, and Major Guns. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Loco. Yep. My favorite one was Major Stash because he was supposed to be Private Stash, but Van Hammer complained that his rank was only a private, so he ruined the joke entirely. Uh, here's a good one. Bastion Booger, suggested by Don Mario. Well, you can give that guy, any of that guy's gimmicks over the years. Yeah, Trucker Norm. Friar Ferguson, because when I think of a friar, Ferguson is the name I go with. G.I. Bro, as suggested by Jeff Trellowitz, another wonderful creation there. Uh, here's some good ones. Michael Vaughn was like, how does nobody said the Shockmaster yet? And he will shock you! Joe Mad Dog Needle hit the nail on the head with the Red Rooster. By the way, Bruce Pritchard to this day still believes that the Red Rooster worked and could have worked if Terry had gone all in on it. I'm going to disagree with Mr. Pritchard on that one. Uh, I'm Joe- going to disagree with Pritchard about half the time, maybe even more. <laughs> Uh, Joe also suggested the Blue Meanie, which is a pretty terrible gimmick name, although I thought the guy was awesome. Well, Uh, it was like they dressed him up to look like a Blue Meanie from the Yellow Submarine. Joshua Vargason with Dr. Isaac Yankum. Get it? I Yankum, because I'm a dentist. Uh, Joe Needle with Meat, Test, the Yeti, and Loch Ness. The Yeti! Uh, Jay Winger with Michael McGillicuddy, Lift Sawyer, Eli Cottonwood, and Lucky Cannon. All those are pretty So that good. was like NXT Season 3. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, Tom Dickinson gave a name here, but I'm not going to say it because it's on my list and it's near the top. But I'll give Tom a shout out when we get to it. So here were the 20 that I came up with for my blog. Dan, tell me how many of these you agree with. Beaver Cleavage. Fucking Thrasher just kept getting hurt. <laughs> Alright, so... And they kept wanting to give Mosh up. <laughs> so, and then he was Chaz the Woman Beater. <laughs> yeah, which is not bad. Uh, Joey Abs. You know, he was the one that actually knew how to wrestle. He was actually a trained wrestler that was part of their developmental. I mean... I always said that Rodney was just lame by itself. Doesn't really sound intimidating. And Pete Gas just makes me think he's blown up. And I probably was, because he was the fat one. Fat yeah. Pete Gas. Um, I understand why she was called woman. But yeah, woman. What's her gimmick? Gender. Should have stuck with Fallen Angel. Uh, Relic at number 17. Did you know Relic is killer spelled backwards? Oh my god. So it's, it's so awful. And it doesn't get much better. 
Suicide at number 16. We're just going to call you Manic now, dude. Which is also bad. Uh, of course, there's Bastion Booger at number 15 and Sparky Thurman Plug at number 14. So, yeah, I got I got those in there. Oh, uh, is Thurman his nickname? And his real name is Sparky Plug. No, Sparky was the nickname, but they fucked it up by putting it Thurman Sparky Plug when it was supposed to be Sparky Thurman Plug, so it was FTP. Good lord. Uh, Dr. Isaac Yankum comes in at number 13, the Yeti at number 12, and I always said the Yeti wasn't bad, but it, because it was a mummy instead of an abominable snowman. And of course, I threw in G.I. Bro at number 11. The only reason G.I. Bro was as stupid as it was was because Booker was on his way to being a big single star, and then he's like, nah, screw this dog, I'm gonna go play, <laughs> I wanna go play Army Dress Up again, and went and joined the Misfits in action. Yeah, because he had been G.I. Bro in the past. Yeah, so it was only really shitty that he went back to it. Uh, at number 10 is the only guy whose name on here is a sound effect, Quang. Yes, a Korean in origin word used to describe a ninja, which is historically Japanese, played by Savio Vega, who is decisively Puerto Rican. <laughs> At least Shinobi actually meant ninja. Yeah, but yeah, but they don't know he's Puerto Rican. He's wearing a hood. Uh, That's number... why he wears the mask, brother. At number nine, I said little bastard, which was yeah, just calling him little bastard for like. People forget, like, like people talk about Hornswoggle. He was Little Bastard for like two years. Until he finally he got an actual name. Little Bastard. Now he's just Swoggle. Uh, here we go. Number eight. Who? Basically, basically they just wanted to... They, somebody, somebody probably was like, man, I just watched that Abbott and Costello routine. It's really funny. Can we do a gimmick out of that? Why, Vince... Yeah, I just saw this new great uh, comedy bit. You ever heard of these guys? Their names are uh, Abbott and Costanza or something. One of my favorite Vince stories is when Triple H and Chris Jericho were trying to come up with a way to get on top of the Hell in the Cell for their match without making it without making it obvious. And Vince had just seen the Spider-Man movie, and he's like, why don't you just shoot your webs up there? <laughs> and he was serious, because that's Vince? Oh, my God. Uh, no, coming in at number seven is Meat. Yeah, Meat was dumb. Meat was pretty dumb. Uh, number six is the Gobbledygooker. Or the Gobbledygooker, as WrestleMania X7 spelled it. Uh, number five is Brown Eye Girl. Which was the manager to another guy with a terrible name, Cheeks. Whose gimmick was that he was a big, fat, disgusting black guy. And he really was. Have you ever seen what that guy looked like? Cheeks? C-H-E-E-X, yeah. Yeah, I've seen stuff. Yeah, it was one of the early TNA gimmicks. And so was she called Brown Eye Girl because she had brown eyes? No, silly. Because she's the guy who wiped his ass. Or she's the girl that wiped his ass, yeah. Terrible. Uh, number four, of course, were... The Ding Dongs. Which, terrible on its own. Even worse when you realize that Jim Hurd was marketing that team to kids. And, yes, one guy was named Dong. Jim Hurd marketed a wrestler named Dong to kids. 
because he couldn't get his hunchback idea over. <sighs> General Hugh G. Rection comes in at number three. And then at number two is who, who Tom Dickinson suggested, and this guy is dead now, but he is the N-word taker. I'm not even going to say it. But yes. N-I... Well, it's not hard. It's, a, it's, a, it's an A. It's an A, but it's still... Who thought that was a good idea? All right. Not only is this a terrible gimmick name, but every promoter who ever booked him should be ashamed of themselves. A school booked him to come in and talk to kids. Oh, my God. Like, I wasn't... I'm just going to say his name. I know he doesn't listen to the show. And if he does, you're, you should be embarrassed at this name if you're not by now. But we booked a guy named Timmy Ite in World Star Wrestling. Like, A-I-I-G-H-T. That's what he called himself. And we, John wanted to book him in GSW, but he wouldn't book him as Timmy Ike because he thought that name was embarrassing. And when he refused to change his name, John was like, well, I'm not booking you. Like, I'm sorry, but I think that's the right way to book people. If you have an embarrassing gimmick name, you shouldn't be booked. Now, I don't care what people think about that. So, Dan, who do you think... <sighs> Hello, Lily. Who do you think was my pick for the worst gimmick name? What do you think could possibly be the worst gimmick name in the history of pro wrestling? The worst gimmick name in the history of pro wrestling. So I'll give you some backstory. He was part of the Alliance to End Hulkamania. Okay. On WCW, operated by Turner Broadcasting. A huge. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Okay, Jeep Swenson played the character. Oh, do you know where? Okay, do you know where I'm going with this? So he I'm was remembering the big cage match. And yeah, well than that. So, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it right. Yes, want me to say it? Go for it. The ultimate solution. <laughs> the ultimate solution was what they went with. He had a worse name going in. He was originally called the Final Solution. The Final Solution. And Which is what the Nazis called the final extermination of the Jews. Turner got flooded with a- outraged letters from the Jewish community, and they had to change his name to the uh, to make him sound like a calculator instead of. <laughs> it's like, how did somebody actually approve that and not realize what a bad idea that was? I thought you were talking about, uh, they call him Zebo, Zeus or whatever, Tiny Lister. Is he Zebo? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Try to remember. But then again, this is the same, this is the same company that had the original Harlem Heat as black slaves led to the ring by a white sharecropper. Well, that's gotta be Kane! Oh, were their names were like Kane and whatever. It got, it got such bad heat in house shows that they couldn't bring it to TV. So then they follow that up <laughs> by doing OJ references. Sherry. <laughs> oh my god. Stuff that just did not age well. So yeah, so thank you guys for telling letting us know what you guys thought the worst gimmick names were. But I think uh everything I just mentioned, I really don't think you can get worse than that. And if you guys think there's a worse gimmick name out there, like Drop it in the comments on the this The funniest episode. thing is, is they come up with Final Solution. This is the company that told everybody to call it International Objects because we didn't want to offend foreigners. Oh my god, and at one point they were bleeping out the word screw 
on television. Which made it sound worse because somebody said, screw you, they would bleep it. So it makes it sound so much worse. Oh, what was wrong with WCW? All right. Next week, we're going to tackle nicknames. We're going to do awesome nicknames. And then the week after, we're going to do awful nicknames. So we're going to switch from Randy Savage to Macho Man. From Steve Austin to Stone Cold. To give you guys the idea. The Hitman and the Heartbreak Kid. Those kinds of names. Shelly McFreeze. Exactly. Well, that, oh, that, that would have been a gimmick happened, name. So you can't count that. Yeah. But that's going to be next. We'll, we'll do the nicknames next time. I, I always was partial to stuff like the King of Strong Style. It's weird hearing, like, stories about guys doing stuff because, like, I remember... Uh, just remember hearing again just recently about Mankind talking about his WWF debut and he was going to be called Mankind the Mutilator and he literally Mason comes the Mutilator, out for his match yeah. and, and, and here's his opponent Mankind and that's how he found out what his fucking name was yeah. Mason the Mutilator which he was like oh yeah Mason the Mutilator is... and, and they're the... like well what if I'm Mankind the Mutilator and then they just cut out the Mutilator and they did it without letting him know. He knew when he came out. And what freaking Fink said. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. It's so friggin' nuts. It There's so many great... There's so many stories like that. Like... Yeah. Alrighty, so hope you guys enjoyed that segment. Alright. Dan, how you feeling right now? Feeling pretty good? Yeah. Good. About good. a quarter to eight. Alright. Well it's a quarter it's a quarter after one. I'm a little drunk and I need you now. It's a quarter after one. There's a finger in my bum and I need you now. Oh my. Alright. So for points or consequences this week, Dan's idea was to come up with your own summer concert. You're going to name the festival and give us three headliners, except two of them were going to be awesome and one of them was going to be like, oh, what the fuck are they doing here? And that's what everybody went with, so I hope you're ready for this. <laughs> okay. All right. First up, we have the Monsters of Makeup, Kiss, the Insane Clown Posse, and RuPaul. RuPaul does have some dance music, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember. Indeed he does. It does invite a different clientele. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess so does having Kiss and then ICP, right? <laughs> That's vastly, vastly different. Man, yeah, that's points. There you go. First set of points has been issued. This festival is called Pure Country Music, featuring Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, and Florida Georgia Line. Oh, date rape country coming in. <laughs> you know, I'm not into country music, but I would go see a show if Garth Brooks and Alan Jackson were there, because I bet that would be a lot of fun. But Florida Georgia Line. Garth know. Brooks is a showman, dude. He puts on a show. Good old guy. Uh, yeah. Points. Did you see the... The thing uh, is, is, that would totally be a concert, though, right? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. They would actually do that in some country. They probably would, and it would be terrible. Alright, this one is Metal Mania, starring Metallica, Judas Priest, and Nickelback. Look at this photograph. <laughs> Every time I do, I give you points. <laughs> no, you should just be like, I want to be a rock star. Hey, 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 hey. I was just about to do the hey, hey, hey. So, can I tell you the funniest thing I ever... This is one of legitimately the funniest things I ever heard Joey Image say. Because Image is a huge Judas Priest fan. And he mm-hmm. said something about... I think he actually... He may have actually said this on a really old episode of this show. And he said something about how much he loved Judas Priest and how what a great singer Rob Halford is. And he goes, I don't know, I guess Jizz just makes your voice sound amazing because that guy can really sing. And I don't know why that was just one of the funniest things I ever heard. But probably because he said it so matter-of-factly. That's Joe for you, though. We gotta have Joe guest on some kind of an episode at some point so all the new CKCC radio followers can get a dose of him. You know, if I finally get a chance to interview him, I'm gonna make sure everybody gets to know who this guy is. Because he's, he's wacky. He, sometimes he's got some weird opinions, but he's a wacky guy. Alright, here's your next one. Icons of Rock featuring Queen, Pink Floyd... And the Wiggles. No, O'Reilly. <laughs> icons of Rock. And that's who I think of when I think of Icons of Rock. The Wiggles? Of course. I have seen one episode of the Wiggles. I don't actually think I... I... The O'Reilly O'Reilly joke. I actually don't think I've ever seen them before, because even, like, my, my little niece and nephew, I don't think, watched them. So, I don't actually think I have any real knowledge of them, other than that they exist, and I've seen what they look like. So. What do you think? They are of kids entertainers. Not bad. It's not, they're not going to drive you insane. Oh. Like Raffi? <laughs> Like I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess if you if the kids like I want to watch Wiggles all day, then you might go insane. But if you're watching one or two a day, you're okay. It's probably better than that Mickey House Clubhouse that my freaking niece and nephew loved, and that was that was infuriating. You know, oh man, we've got to patch this balloon. What can we use? And Goofy's like, I know, a bologna sandwich, and just throws a sandwich on the balloon. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, I would prefer kids. And Goofy's had sex at least once. <laughs> he's got a he's got a son, a son. Oh, yuck. Goofy and Pete both fucked. Pete's got two kids. Oh, does he? Yeah, but uh, you would only know that if you actually watched Goof Troop when it was around, because in the Goofy movie, Pete's wife and daughter don't exist. They're like central characters on that show, but they I just... watched some Goof Troop. I don't remember that much though. Uh, is anybody shows. else in like that group of Disney characters? Uh, confirmed like... fuckers. Everybody else is just like their nieces and nephews. So it's just like somewhere in some distant land, there's some duck that fucks and had three kids. That's related to Donald and Scrooge. Well, uh, 
in the new DuckTales, Huey, Dewey, and Louie's mom actually shows up. Oh, yeah? I don't know who their dad is, but the mom's there. Uh, did Icons of Rock get points? Before we go too tangenty here. Yeah, sure, yeah. Okay. The Wiggles. Okay, the Wiggles. All right, here is Retroblast, featuring Genesis, U2, and Barney the Purple Dinosaur. See, now I saw, like, people going to do Barney. If all the raindrops were lemon drops and gumdrops, oh, what a rain that would be. <laughs> Standing outside with my mouth open wide, I'm not going to make the noises. Very much. Oh, God, please don't. <laughs> okay, I will. No, I'm not going to. Oh, please. Please don't. You get points. We have Boy Band Palooza featuring New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys, and The Village People. Jeez. Let's <laughs> get those guys out of the mothballs. <laughs> out of the mothballs that are in the closet. Oh my god. I don't think they're in the closet. Remember, like, when the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were the hottest thing ever, and everybody's like, I bet you all ten of them are gay, and then it turned out one was gay? <laughs> out of all ten. And it was the one that wanted to go to space! <laughs> uh, Shannon just saw them, like, last year in concert. Oh, uh, you mean almost saw them and then had a shitstorm of shit? Uh, she went. She went to the re the reshow. Oh, they went they went to the reshow. Yeah, she's and they actually had better seats. So <laughs> things work out. From what I understand, they actually put on a really good show. I could see that though. You can see them being actually like really entertaining. Village people I can't really see. I can't. Uh, I'm sure they uh, I'm sure they do too. probably say no to the village people though no it's the village people I mean they got fun songs they like talking about the semen just cause I'm not into their lifestyle doesn't mean I don't enjoy the music well that has nothing to do with it I just think that they're I don't know I think their songs are just I don't think their songs aged well in my opinion well I mean there's one that's kind of like are we pedophiles And it's the most popular one. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, what's your what's your vote on boy band Palooza? I mean, technically, they are a boy band, right? Because they just stand around, sing and dance. Pretty much, yeah. They all have gimmicks too. Yeah, and it's not like the the the, the boy band gimmicks where there's like the, the the cute one and the young one, the older brother type, you know, that kind of one. That kind they, of these are full blown gimmicks, like. I know one guy was just an Indian, just straight up construction worker, like yeah. Sexy cop. Sexy fireman. Sexy Indian. <laughs> I liked on a they did that joke on Big Bang Theory where they're Penny's dressed as a cop for Halloween. They're like, Are you are you a slutty cop? She's like, No, sexy cop. Slutty cop only came with a skirt and two badges. Oh, I see what they did there. So, pointos? Yeah. Okay. Now we're at the Chesonzi. Damn, people. I know. There's only 11 entries. Name three fucking bands. Jeez. Hardcore Hip Hop Hangover. Featuring 
Method Man, Tech Nine, and Celine Dion. That doesn't even fit at all. <laughs> A bunch of the other ones, I see like how it could happen. You know, but this is just like we got we got Salon Dijon for this show. I just got tickets to my favorite singer, Salon Dijon. That's a. You want to hear a fun fact about Celine Dion? She doesn't like me. She doesn't like you? No, she does not. Because okay. she was backstage at Universal with her kids, and we all acknowledged the kids, and, you know, we were like, oh, hey guys, have a great time at the Wizarding World, and played with them and gave her the precursory, like, hello, nice to see you kind of thing, and she actually got offended that we didn't, like, gawk over her as a celebrity. So. Well, that's the way it is. <laughs> we're, we were specifically taught not to. Dude, I wanted to flip my shit when Steve Carell got on the ride. Like, I wanted to flip my shit, but I didn't because he's an, uh, just another guy. I may have flipped my shit if I got to check his lap bar, but alas, I only got to push the button that sent the vehicle. I didn't get to check the lap bar. The other guy got to check the lap bar. Oh, you were a gronk and you had to pull whatever. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that, like, nine t- 99 times out of a actually kind of happy that you just treated them like another... Yeah, they do. They appreciate door. it. I mean, I told you, when Vincent D'Onofrio rode my safari, he went through the regular line. He didn't even have, like, a VIP group. He just went in as a regular guest. When Mick Foley, Mick Foley goes through as a regular guest, Shawn Michaels went through as a regular guest. Scotty Tuhati did, too, but I don't really think he's going to be... <laughs> I don't think people are going to recognize him as easily as... Fully or... Especially now that he actually looks older and his hair isn't the crazy and everything anymore. He has, yeah, he really doesn't look like himself anymore. Well, he's been a fireman for like 15 years and now he's now he's back working the performance center. Yeah. He looks he still looks good, but he definitely looks older. Like, when, uh, when Shannon was at Splash Mountain and Chris Evans was there, he had his hat pulled down kind of tight so people would at least not recognize him right away. Oh, he's doing course. his Captain America. Yeah, but even though he came through the exit side, uh, the people on the other side recognized him immediately. And so that's that's kind of a tough one. But, like, Neil Patrick Harris just walked through the park normal. Like, he had, it. He had like, a, a guest relations escort with him, but he wasn't, he wasn't avoiding the scenes or anything. He was a friendly guy. He was a very nice guy. Which I expected him to be, and his family was very nice. His kids were really cool. So I think, I like I said, I don't the the one celebrity. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll tell I'll tell that story in a minute because their name's actually about to come up. <laughs> so. Oh really? Yeah. So what's your vote on hardcore hip hop hangover? I mean, I guess she's the hangover when you're. I oh, guess. You're, I guess oh, so. on the hip hop. I guess so. Yeah. Points. All right, this is Canada Rocks with the Bare Naked Ladies, Rush, and Justin Bieber. Mm. So the biggest, I, I never met him, but the biggest dick I ever heard that came through the parks was Justin Bieber, who apparently was abusive to people, uh, was joyriding in the wheelchairs that we keep to help guests at every ride in case they need assistance. 
Like, he was joyriding and he crashed it and was apparently screaming and cursing at people and claimed that nobody would have a job if it weren't for people like him. And it was so bad that they actually told him not to come back. Like, Justin Bieber got banned from Disney. He was such a scumbag. Is it too late to say sorry? <laughs> well played. Well played. Oh, God, that was on the radio today. They play that song a lot on on the station I listen to, which is Fun 101. I, I, I play that on my driving route if I don't have a podcast to listen to because that one's actually in Lancaster. All the other stations are in Harrisburg, so certain parts of the county don't get the state the other stations that well. But I'm like, well, Fun 101 does, and it does. You know, it plays it plays a lot of the modern pop, but it plays a lot of '80s stuff. And then on occasion, you'll get a Nickelback or an Evanescence or something, or like a Three Doors Down. You know, like a like a really really mainstream rock song will come through. So that's fun. But the the Bieber I hear the most is the uh, the Ed Sheeran song. I don't care. Have you heard that one? Nope. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say this, guys. There was never... If you had told me a few months ago that I would put an Ed Sheeran Justin Bieber song in my playlist and actually enjoy it, I would have probably punched you. But somehow they made it work. We should actually review... I want to do more uh, music video reviews than just what Adrian gives us. We should review that video... Because the video's ridiculous. Just, you'll, you'll see what I mean when we do it. I got a couple of videos I actually want us to review. We might have to start putting that into our VIP show. Do a bonus video that I want us to review or that Dan wants us to review. But anyway, what's your vote on Canada Rocks? I mean, there's so many other Canadian groups. But yeah, it fits the game, so points. All right. I have to read this next entry exactly the way it was written. Uh Uh-oh. This is 80s Rewind. Motley Crue, Def Leppard, The Muppet Band featuring Ketmit the Frog. I don't know. I kind of would like that. I see Dr. Dr. Teeth in the... I want to see them performing Pour Some Sugar on Me or like... Well, I mean, they've gotten all kinds of... People put all kinds of stuff with them singing it. Like, I've seen them do the humpy dance. Mm-hmm. Your chance to do the hump. They did a, they did a great cover of the uh, of Bohemian Rhapsody. With their Muppet spin on it, which I loved. Yeah, yeah that one's actually was official, right? Yeah. It's, it's friggin' brilliant, too. I would enjoy this, actually. That sounds good. Although it was the Muppet Show in the 80s. It's still good, then. I watched it in the 80s. Probably when it was at its best. You know, they have a new one. Yeah, I have, to, I have to start watching that. I've heard it's good. Oh, and in 81, so technically it was in the 80s. 76 to 81. My favorite episode is the Star Wars one, though. They had on Mark Hamill and... 3PO and R2. It's a classic show. Uh, yeah. But I'd actually be interested in this one, so... Because wasn't wasn't the Muppets more of, like, a... They were the primetime answer to Sesame Street, right? Because, like, 
Sesame Street was super successful, but it was a kid's show. So they're like, well, well, we'll create a band of Muppets and we'll give them their own branding, but we'll make it more of with some adult humor in there. Well, so it's supposed to be like a, a variety show. Variety right? show, right. Like it still appealed to kids, but it was for everybody this time. I just I didn't realize that Kermit was spelled wrong until I copied it over to my document. And you know what? If I hadn't copied it over, I probably would have glossed right over that. Kepmit the Frog. But yeah, so what's your vote on 80s Rewind? I mean, it is interesting to see just like, oh, and then the Muppets. But I would be into that. I'd be super into that. So yeah, I should give that points. Okay. Maybe it's the front runner because it's the one I'm most interested in, I guess. Well, penultimate entry time. Make it rain festival. Guar, Slayer, and R. Kelly. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Piss. I'm gonna piss on you. Drip, drip, drip. Love Chappelle show. Love Chappelle show so much. I'm looking at IMDb pictures of the of his show, and I've come across a, a big musical number with with the Star Wars people. <laughs> Jesus. Oh uh, yeah. Actually, this one might be an actual front runner now. I think that would put a, put a. Oh, this one's getting an actual a, earmark. All right, out on that sucker. All right, and here's your final entry. God's Gift Tour. Kanye West, Beyonce, and Scott Stapp. Oh, I see what they did. Yeah, you can get points. So, does that make your winner the Make It Rain Festival? Yeah. By default? Marty Feldman on The Muppet Show. All right. Your winner... With the penultimate entry, Don Mobius. Penultimate! Penultimate, boy! Yes, sir. That was your penultimate. Penultimate. And suspiciously absent was Glenn this week. I just sent you the... uh... Yeah, I'm looking... I just sent you the list of everybody who played, and yeah, you notice there is a missing Glenjamin. It's bad enough he has to disappear off the show, but then he just doesn't play the game anymore. Hmm. But whatevs. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Wrestle Talk, and I have some potential last minute breaking news. The, uh, the announcement that I was g- going to save on the show, maybe, might be happening tomorrow. So here's what's happening. To fill the void of our Nerdcast show, I reached out to my friend Eric, who I think you guys will be very entertained by. Eric was my former co-worker at Disney. We ended up becoming, like, brothers while we were working there because we're very similar people, very similar interests, and even though we don't look that much alike, we looked alike enough that people would actually confuse us, including our managers, who would constantly call us by the wrong name. 
So, Eric's a very entertaining guy. He's very big into the nerd culture. He and I are going to launch our own Nerdcast show as a replacement to the, the gap that UWF is leaving behind. Eric and I are going to be the primary hosts, but part of the show's appeal was we will be having on lots and lots of guests. We'll have an invitation to have people on so you guys can experience the show with us and especially talk about something that you may want to talk about. This uh, fine gentleman doing this podcast with me right now will probably be one of our frequent guests because it's Dan. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that is what I should say. Nah, you know, you know we're going to have you on probably frequently. Because there's lots of nerd stuff to talk about, especially if there's something that you're interested in. Um, but yeah, I think for you guys who don't know Eric, and I'm sure that's going to be a decent amount of you. I, I know Jeff knows him because we all worked together in the same place. But I do promise you Eric is an entertaining guy. He's very excited about the concept of doing the podcast. He's really smart when it comes to nerd culture knowledge. So like he, he's probably way more in tune than I am. So, like, this is going to be uh, – it's going to be a fun show. I think you guys will really like it. Um, we'll be on CKCC Radio, of course, but we are going to have another Facebook page for the show so that we have something to give you guys. So, in case – so you can just follow that and have – kind of like what we used to do with Wrestle Talk when that page just wasn't really taken off because people just weren't liking it. So, we just stuck with the group instead. But it'll have its own page that you guys can follow. I'm putting the page together over the weekend, so I'll probably invite all of y'all. Or if you're not directly friends with me on Facebook, I will make sure to post it in there. But the reason I wanted to mention this now is because we're going to shoot the pilot, or record the pilot more accurately. Um, but Eric wants to do the pilot tomorrow. I wasn't planning on doing it that quickly, but he really wants to get it done. Because I was going to contact our old pal Mike to do the logo. But I might actually have to slap one together, so, myself. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, that is a thing that's happening. I'm sure you'll hear Dan on there. You'll probably hear Jeff on there. And you'll probably hear some of our patrons. And, of course, maybe even Glenn. Who knows? But yeah, I wanted to go. I'll go ahead and say that now because he texted me while we were recording, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let's uh, let's do this thing. Let's do it. So I hope you guys will be entertained, and more than sports entertained, I hope you'll be legitimately entertained by the new show. All right, but that does it for Wrestle Talk. And by the way, there we're going to be doing topics on that show that involve. Eric has a slight bit of wrestling knowledge not a lot but that's where we're going to do a couple of uh we're going to have some crossover content coming soon guys and one thing we're going to do is we're going to do like an episode based on movies that featured wrestlers will actually kind of showcase some of that stuff i know dan will be on for that and i know jeff has also expressed interest in that too so we can talk about uh the rocks good and bad we can talk about John Cena's all bad. <laughs> Probably. We can, of course, talk about uh, They Live, Princess Bride, The Wrestler itself. We can talk about TV show... Can you know, like, 
crossover stuff there. So there'll be appeal for people. But it'll be fun. And uh, the pilot is probably just going to be an introductory episode and an introduction to our fandoms. But we want to know what kind of fandoms you guys like, so be sure to put that in the page when we get to it. Because I know Dan will join us if we talk about one of his big fandoms. Dan, what's what's one of your like your really big fandoms? Something that you're probably like more into than, or almost as into like you are with wrestling. I don't know if I'm into anything as much as I'm wrestling. Well, what about like? Because we're, we're probably to cover sports and stuff too, as because sports is a fandom. But like, what's a? I know you're a big Carolina guy. Well, basketball was actually the first thing. Well, there you go. I was into basketball before I was into wrestling. And that's another thing. If we cover a topic on the show that one of us isn't really into, we'll bring on people to sort of cover it. So, like, <clears throat> I might not even be on every episode, but I'm not going to say what the title is yet because I want to make sure it's finalized. But uh, the title will always be followed by With Chris and Eric. Or if Dan's on, it'll be with Chris, Eric, and Dan. So there's always going to be a subheader so you know exactly. And it'll be right in the title so you know exactly who's on the episode. Some All stuff that we kind of discussed and planned. But I hope you guys tune in and enjoy that. That should be, uh, well, we'll record it over the weekend, but I'll probably drop it during the week. That's going to be the plan. It'll be a weekend recording, but then we'll actually drop it later, so... Hope y'all listen and enjoy. That's your, the big announcement that I wasn't planning on making, but made it anyway. So there you go. It's breaking news at the end of the show. I think that's enough wrestling talk for the week, at least. Because uh, now we got to record something for the patrons, bro. Uh, yeah, but we'll do, we'll we'll have fun with that, dude. What was uh? Oh God, when is SummerSlam? I don't actually know when that is. It I is think. like the twenty third or twenty fourth. Okay, so we got some time there. Yeah. It's two weekends away. Well, three yeah. Week- yeah, two. It's the 23rd. S- Street Profits versus Andrade and Garza. Drew versus Orton. Cruz versus MVP. And Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Yep. That's the thing that's happening. Also, Bray Wyatt totally stuck his fingers in Alexa Bliss's mouth. That's the thing that happened. Jelly much? <laughs> little bit yeah all right guys we'll see you guys next week for more wrestle talk and tune into our new show and keep supporting the channel thanks guys see you bye